Hi, this is Erica Potter. And this is Hunter Willis. And this is Hot Girl Briefing. Okay, Erica, so do you want to tell us, I guess, where have we come from with immigration policy and where are we going with immigration policy? That's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit much. That's a loaded question. I I, I hit you with a heavy hitter. I hit you with a heavy hitter. Yeah, I, so we obviously have two very different administrations to compare to today. We have like complete opposite sides of the spectrum. So our previous administration, the Trump era was very anti-immigration. He passed over a thousand policy changes to change immigration policy. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot of policy changes. Yeah. Like so many in, I can't even believe he got so many done in like four years. Like Mm-hmm. Wasn't he tweeting all the time? How did he have time to sign all these policies? <laughs> Anyways, Listen, girl, that's the bureaucracy at work right there. And so we're about like almost a year into a Biden administration, and he has made it clear that he plans to reverse like many of the Trump era policies. He has done so to some policies already. He plans to like completely reform immigration and basically just do a hunt like a complete 180 from Trump. Okay. Now, so, the key word there, the key word in that sentence, though, was promises. <laughs> okay. So, I guess with that, let's start out with um, like, let's talk about what were Trump's key focuses while he was in office regarding immigration. So, Trump had a very, I'd say, direct approach to immigration, very easy to digest. I literally pulled this from Ballotpedia, which had copied his uh, policy stance on immigration like word for word from his 2016 election. Mm -hmm. So basically he wanted to focus on constructing a wall along the Southern border, ending catch and release programs, having zero tolerance for criminals who live in the United States illegally, blocking funding for sanctuary cities, canceling unconstitutional executive orders and enforcing immigration laws. I I say that in a weird tone because it's like, if they're unconstitutional, why are they there? Is it like, is it actually unconstitutional? Like, is it his version of unconstitutional or is it actually unconstitutional? Yeah, like is it, where in the legal system yeah. would this be unconstitutional? Yeah. So and he also wants to ensure that foreign countries keep citizens deported from the, U- from the US, completing the biometric entry exit tracking system, ending employment and benefits for individuals residing in the country without legal permission, reforming immigration and regulations to benefit the country and its labor force. And that was what he like focused on, or that's what he said he was gonna focus on. I would say though, his main actual policy focus during his entire presidency was that border wall. That was like number one thing. So what, what has happened with the border wall? So currently Biden has stated that he's blocked the construction on the border wall from continuing. However, okay. in his executive order to like stop it, there is some language that could allow construction to continue. So it's a little bit of vague. I think what he, his like terminology that he used was like to pause and temporarily, temporarily pause while like reviewing it. While he has said he wants to stop it altogether, the language just like isn't matching. Like the energy isn't matching there. The energy is not. But as of right now, it has long. stopped. Okay. But I would say, okay, so I don't think it stopped though, just because Biden wanted to stop. Like 
do you mm-hmm. remember the government shutdown? Like that was a literally caused because of Trump wanting funding for the mm-hmm. border wall. And he only wanted like 6 billion when like, why am I saying only 6 billion? I have like $5 in my account. <laughs> I was going to say as like, I'm like a struggling only six billion. grad student. He wanted 6 billion though. And estimates were putting it like, they were lowballing it at like 30 billion. Like mm-hmm. I don't even. So he wanted so, 20, he wanted a fifth of what the wall really would have cost. So yeah, He's like, like I we're mean, gonna get a deal on this one. I never really thought that wall was gonna get built anyways, and not because yeah. like it's hard because it's like I'm Mexican, so obviously I'm like, yeah, like no border wall in Mexico. I want it like open, but like that isn't my official policy stance. I might say I'm just I mean, saying like for that policy, it's so hard to complete though, because you have to go through so many private landowners and yeah, really push in that eminent exactly domain. Why. And it's like, and then you have like large companies just buying up like small chunks of people's um land that's right there on the like border yeah. where they would put the wall and then you have these giant companies just using their lawyers to not allow the wall to be built because they're very anti-wall so it's like that was pretty much like one of the strategies was to hire in these companies that would take over these like portions of land and have these giant teams of lawyers go and argue this out legally because they were hoping that trump wouldn't get a second term and then by then they knew that they wouldn't have to keep on fighting anymore because they would just automatically assume that whoever the democratic candidate is would be anti-wall because the wall was so closely associated with trump yeah like well e- even if it wasn't associated with trump i just like never thought that it was a good idea just because like a we're in like super major debt like what is yeah. what are we doing spending <clears throat> billions of dollars on the wall like we have like major there's homeless debt. people or there's and also houses like those people there it was like are. residing on mostly private land, like you said, and it was not like they definitely weren't like considering the environmental like aspect of it. Like yeah. it's the ground is already so rough. It's not like man-made area where they can just like put a fence and it's fine. Like it's dangerous there and it increased like the like I don't want to say suicide because it's not like they're trying to die, but like these people the would try and cross and they would die. And they yeah. would die trying to cross. And so raise like death rates for like people trying to get to the country. So it, it was just like, it was never just like a politically sound um, policy, in my opinion, despite, like, doesn't matter. It could have been Biden, Obama, anybody. I wouldn't have agreed with it. But anyway, well, I mean, a wall, I get it. You know, you can't just walk across land, but you can always climb over it or dig a hole under it or go around it or fly over it. There, there's lots of other ways to come into the country other than just physically walking across the border. Well, my like my idea has always been like, don't fight harder, fight smarter. Yeah. Like I, people shouldn't come here illegally. Like everyone who wants to be in the United States should be here as a legal immigrant. Um, and obviously like we should but then you get into bigger policies. issues yeah that's work. a whole other thing but like why are you fighting harder like fight smarter like we yeah, can literally you, put probes on mars like why are we building a fence exactly and then you have trump who's arguing about how oh these people have come in quote unquote illegally and but then you know you're having these policies like the stay in mexico policy where you're now keeping these asylum seekers out of the country. You're going against domestic law. You're going against international law. And you're putting asylum seekers in the dangerous area where they are trying to escape from, which the whole point of asylum is to stay in another place because the place where you are from 
is dangerous and threatening your physical security as a person. So here you are trying to legally come in as an asylum seeker. And then Trump's just like, mm, back it up, back it up. You got to go wait back there. You got to wait where you're trying to escape from. And maybe, maybe you'll get across. But until then, stay over there. We might, we might have some words. We might talk about it. And it's just like, how are you going to go and say that, you know, these immigrants are coming over illegally and then you're illegally keeping them out of the U.S.? It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't see. That's the thing. Like, there's like, make it make sense. Like, be coherent in your policy approach. Well, be that's an unconstitutional it. executive order. Like, Trump yes. said he wanted to reverse them, but he's then he's talking about the unconstitutional one. executive orders, and then he's creating more himself. So it's like, can we get a coherent immigration policy? And like, no, listen, y'all. Yes, I'm <laughs> saying this about Donald Trump, but listen, we will have more to talk about. President Biden too, okay? Both, both yeah, are not without their issues. We're talking about both policies here, both administrations, all of their faults. We're talking about it's immigration policy. That's what the focus is. This isn't about like, well, who did it better? Who yes, did it best? It's exactly. like literally like analyzing both sides, both the sides actual have policy. to this issue. Immigration is such a big, big policy that there are so many different moving components with it. It's insane. So both sides have their faults and we will be yeah. getting to Biden very soon. Well, so- when COVID hit, Trump got like a win for him and mm -hmm. he was able to put a stop to legal immigration by putting a freeze on green cards. Now he deemed immigrants as a risk to the US labor market and blocked their entry into the United States by issuing proclamation 10,014 and 10,052. So, or 10052-10014. However you want to say it, those proclamations denied Green cards. So we had like no immigrants coming in starting and, you know, beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it's like, while I understand why, because obviously we're battling a pandemic, like having immigrants come into the country is essentially a risk, especially when we didn't even have enough supplies for our own healthcare workers. Like we didn't even have enough like masks and stuff for our own healthcare workers, let alone to deal with like immigrants coming in. I like understand it. I'm not going to say whether or not I agree with it or not. I just will put that there. But that those proclamations, basically, they say like estimates of 120,000 like family-based preference visas were like lost due to this mm -hmm. like 2020 green card freeze. And immigrants could not bring over family members unless they were U.S. citizens applying for visas for their spouses or children under the age of 21, which like I've got to imagine is like devastating, like you're in another country and your family members like in a different country and like the pandemic starts and like that's got to be it's got to be rough and it also but it also uh barred entry to immigrants with employment-based visas unless they were considered beneficial to the national interest such as healthcare professionals and it's like you have immigration worker like immigrant workers that are so beneficial to the u.s economy like literally half or not half i won't i won't go that far i wouldn't say half but a large portion of the agriculture on the on the lower west coast is through immigrant migrant labor and so you're over here you're having shortages of everything why do you want to start having produce shortages you don't want that there's already fires burning down a bunch of crops there's already fires burning everything why do we want to have a shortage of food too there's already shortages of chips there's already shortages of literally everything that we need right now why do we not want to have these employment visas go forward Literally, Starbucks oat milk shortage was like 
uh, a crime. <laughs> it was, it was a crime to me. <laughs> but um, okay, so it didn't even, not even just employment visas though. It's like slam the door on thousands of visa lottery winners who were randomly chosen from a pool of about like 14 million applicants to be given green cards and would like let them live. So imagine you like get, so imagine you win the lottery, you got your visa and then COVID hits and like Trump's like, no, actually, sorry. So this like has created a huge backlog for visas. Like there's a backlog of like almost 500K alone and like not even including the lottery, not even including employment-based visas. Like we're talking about a crazy big backlog and we're still going through COVID. Like we are still going through it. Like it's not even, mm-hmm. like, it's crazy. It, and then I think one of the most influential things that happened during the Trump administration for immigration policy was the public charge rule. So okay. in February, 2020, the Supreme Court voted five to four to allow the inadmissibility on public charge grounds final rule. So this was a rule that the Department of Homeland Security enacted in August 2019. And they just issued this final rule on public charge grounds that modified the definition of public charge and public benefits as governed by the state. Rule is about considering self-sufficiency and immigration proceedings. Now this ideation, predates the Trump administration. Like this is not like created by Trump, like considering an immigrant's like self-sufficiency was not like something that Trump invented or like that his Department of Homeland Security invented. Like that has been around Mm -hmm. for a while. But when the Homeland Security issued their rule to like change the definition of public charge and public benefits as governed by the state, they really drastically changed how we handle like immigrants applying into the United States. So this this like self-sufficiency consideration only applied to individuals that were like likely to become primarily dependent on public benefits. Like they were gonna come here and just be immediately on like, you know, your temporary assistance to needy families and so supplemental security income, like just primarily dependent, okay? But Mm -hmm. now it's been amended to apply to any individual who's likely to even receive public benefits for 12 months in a 36 month period. So changes your consideration, opens the door to like deny a lot more people. And Mm -hmm. then it expanded the programs that were considered to be public benefits. So before the rule, it was only supplemental security, income, the SSI, the temporary assistance to needy families, TANF, and general cash relief or assistance from state government were like the only ones admissible for consideration. But Mm -hmm. now they've added several programs to the definition of public benefits, which include non-emergency Medicaid, supplemental nutrition assistance program, SNAP, or like formerly known as food stamps, section eight housing choice voucher program, section eight project-based rental assistance and public housing are now all included. So if you use any of those for like a 12 month period, and you're like, or if you're likely to use those. Yeah, if you're likely to use those, like you can get denied because mm-hmm. you wouldn't be considered self-sufficient. And the Homeland Security like, ruled on this and it was obviously like a hot topic and they voted to allow this. Mm-hmm. Like the Supreme Court finalized it. So now it's it's in there. I will say Biden hasn't been enforcing it since he's been in office, but he hasn't reversed it. Yeah. So, okay. So let's get to, let's get to president Biden. What is, what's fundamentally different from Donald Trump's immigration plan to Joe Biden's immigration plan? Well, he 
is the opposite in every single way. So while <laughs> every single thing is literally anything that Trump did, Biden's doing the opposite. He's like, oh, you don't want to allow refugees? Calling all refugees, calling all refugees. Come here, come here. Uh, he literally does the exact, or he plans to do the exact opposite, I would say. So, so far he's, he, his promises have been saying that he wants to reverse Trump era restrictions on immigration to the United States. He has proposed a, a plan. <laughs> so Biden has proposed a plan. It's called the U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021. Okay. It was introduced to the House on February 18th, 2021. And as of mid-July, the bill has been with the two-thirds Democratic Subcommittee on Immigration and Citizenship for almost three months without public comment or discussion. So what we're hearing is it's not getting passed anytime soon. Yep. It's just sitting there like the Titanic in Here's the ocean. Thing. Okay. Politically, do you think that they're waiting for midterms to pass before they pass any I, I, before they pass any immigration policies like this? Or do you think that they're waiting until the end of the Biden presidency to win the White House again? I mean, like, why is it just in there? I get that we have bigger fish to fry with infrastructure and, you know, the reconciliation bill going on right now. But, girl, I feel like this is a pretty, I feel like this is a little important. I feel like immigration is a little important, especially if Democrats are trying to include it in the reconciliation bill and they were trying so hard to fight for putting immigration reform in the reconciliation bill. Why wouldn't you also be working in tandem with the subcommittee on immigration and citizenship and trying to pass this bill? Like what's not clicking here? Why? This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Why is there not a coherent immigration policy with any of these administrations? Yep. They... They've just had it. It's not going anywhere. So let's let's look to see yeah, why. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk let's about talk, what, Let's look what's to see why this. it's taking so long. Oh wait, there isn't because there's no public comment. They literally <laughs> just have this. It's been seven months. They haven't said a single thing. Nobody said anything. They're it's just, just sitting like, there. It's just they're holding there. on to it. Like I'm holding on to my will while looking at this stuff. Like <laughs> I'm right, holding well. on to my will to continue in politics while looking at these policies. <laughs> That's how they're holding on. It's stressful. Just just knowing that it's there. It's like, how do you just know that this is there? Just, you know, just kind of like, meh, we'll take care of it later. What do you like mean later? There's a multitude of factors as to why they're not doing anything about it. Of course, we can only speculate. There's absolutely no comment from them as to what's the holdup. They just, I, I feel like it has to do with COVID, of course, the Delta variant. Uh, everything you know. has to do with COVID. But all right, yeah, let's talk literally. Let's talk about what's in this. Let's talk about can, what's in this. Can one thing not be COVID-related? <laughs> yes, we can, we can talk about what's in it. So when I first read this plan, and I read it from the White House website, this is directly from the White House website, I okay. had problems with the I had problems. <laughs> I, had, I have issues with the way this is worded. Go check it out for yourselves, guys. Like, it's... Wording is I, I'm already a little wording concerned. Is so important. Wording is very important. Coming from two exactly. former model UN professionals, wording well, is... Well, the problem with his executive order so far towards immigration is that the language has been a little vague. And what do we find here? Some more vague language. Like, if you what have vague language, it doesn't Biden? actually change anything. It's just like vague language essentially just means like, yeah, we're kind of thinking about it. We're kind of thinking about it. We haven't nailed yeah, he's down just like, how we're going to do this, it. this, this. And I'm like, okay, how? Like, yeah, tell like us how. how. Like, implement the changes that you're actually going to be talking about. You're like, yeah, well, we want to do this, but we're not like, going to come up with a plan chest. to do it. 
we, we want to do test. this but i'm i have no idea how to get there like you're jumping from point a to z and like you need to at least yeah. have b and c in that plan and there's no there's no mention of b there's no mention of c it's literally just a to z so in this plan biden plans to create an earned roadmap to citizenship for undocumented individuals it's like an eight-year plan. I'm not going to get into the details of that because we do have so much to cover with this act, but mm -hmm. he does have somewhat of a plan for that. He plans to reform the family-based immigration system by clearing backlogs, recapturing unused visas, eliminating, eliminating length wait times, and increasing per-country visa caps. Now, here's where I'm like, okay, how? How are you going to eliminate? Well, are you are you going to add more people? Are you like is the bureaucracy going to increase? Are we getting more people in these departments that are actually going to be able to process these visas? Like what yeah. what are we doing here? How is this going to be a thing instead of just Especially telling us when, that like, you want it to be a thing? Why don't you have Trump some left in disrepair? Like he left in disrepair, so it's like how how do you even like not Let's only do you have to it. rebuild it, but then you have to improve it from what it was before? Like I. I, here's my thing, you know, here we are some young 20 year olds and we are coming up with these questions. How is nobody in the White House asking these questions of like, why aren't we putting forth actual things of how we're going to accomplish this? It, it, the messaging on this is so off to me. Yeah. Well, so this plan also eliminates the so-called three and 10 year bars. Mm -hmm. I feel like that has to do with visa related. It wasn't really like discussed in detail on that. It literally just said that. I was like, okay, what does that even really mean? But all right. The bill further supports families by more explicitly including permanent partnerships and eliminating discrimination facing the LGBTQ families. Listen, I mean- Again, as, how? Uh, how we you, love that, you know? We love I that. I love that idea. Like, how, <laughs> how is this going to take place? Is there going to be like specific like considerations looking at these or like, how are we getting here? How are we getting here? I feel like it's like me saying like, yeah, I'm going to be a billionaire. That should, be the, title plan, of the, that should like, be the title of this episode is just how. Erica how. Potter 2022 plan. Yeah, I'm going to be a billionaire. <laughs> it's it's anyway, just not making any sense. The, this also provides protections for orphans, widows, children, and Filipino veterans who fought alongside the U.S. in World War II. Okay. I like that. That's Why specific. Filipino? That is specific. Why, but why just Filipino veterans? Why not all veterans? Listen, you know, questions are being raised, but at least they <laughs> had some specifics. Yep. Okay, so this bill also includes the No Ban Act that prohibits discrimination based on religion and limits presidential authority to issue for future bans. Okay. I like that. That's like really constructive for the future because like, obviously, if we just have a bunch of presidents coming in and like changing it every time they're in office, like nothing will happen. It also increases diversity visas to 80,000 from 55,000. And it promotes immigrant and refugee integration and citizenship by providing new funding to state and local governments, private organizations, educational institutions, blah, blah, blah. No one's talking about where this funding's coming from. Like we mentioned before, we're in debt. Like, cool. Where Where's is this, this money, money coming, coming from? from? Where, where are you just gonna print this money? Okay. Are we raising taxes for this? Are we going, where's yeah. this money coming from? Are we borrowing? How are you funding? Yep. How are you funding this? So the bill clears employment-based visa backlogs and recaptures unused visas, reduces, again, lengthy wait times. A lot of repetition in this bill. 
-hmm. The bill makes it easier for graduates of U.S. universities with advanced STEM degrees to stay in the U.S. and improve access to green cards for workers in lower wage sectors and eliminates other unnecessary hurdles for employment-based green cards. Which this is good for the economy because if the U.S. is not repopulating at a rate to replace its workforce, it needs immigrant workers. So this, this I like from this policy. This is a good, this is a good portion of this policy. We like this. You're going to like this even more. It protects workers from exploitation and improves the employment verification process. Love that. Love to hear that. You love to hear more employment protections. You love to hear. I love to hear the employment protection plan. Because again, I remind everyone, this is a plan. This is a promise. Yes. (laughs) It's a promise. Nothing is being enacted in here, y'all. Nothing. This is what we have heard silence on from the subcommittee. Yep, for seven months. So, okay, yep. so also in this plan is to prioritize smart border controls. And this is what I'm saying. Fight smarter, not harder. So they plan to supplement existing border resources with technology and infrastructure, manage the border and protect border communities, which I don't think is really talked about, like the border communities, and it should be because those are important. Mm-hmm. Like think about all the like cities like right along the border that probably face a lot of instability due to like the wall and stuff like that, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he plans on cracking down on criminal organizations. Cool. Cool. We're going to, you know what? There's nothing more vague than that. We're going to crack down on criminal organizations. They're going to crack down on crack. Can y'all guess what I'm about to ask? It's one word. It's one word. And it is how, how, how are you going to crack down on criminal organizations? You're just saying, yep, we're going to crack down on them. How, how will you do this? It ain't much, but it's honest work. <laughs> it's, it's not much. It's just asking the question, how? All right, this There one, needs to be somebody in the White House. One whole intern just needs to be dedicated as the how intern. How, yeah. how, how? Just, this that's last all this part, intern does. This last part, though, Hunter, I think you're going to have a field day over it. Oh, so he's okay, going to address right. the root causes of migration. And you know what I'm hearing? When I see that, I'm hearing that the United States is going to get involved yet again, in another country. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't we just get out of the Middle East? When are we going to mind our business? Check out the Afghanistan episode if y'all haven't yet. We just pulled out of the Middle East. What are we doing? They're like, hmm, let's go restructure another country. Let's nation build yet again because it's worked out so well for the U.S. Nation building has worked out so well for the U.S. So this bill codifies and funds the president's $4 billion, four-year interagency plan to address the underlying causes of migration in the region, including increasing assistance to El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, conditioned on their ability to reduce the endemic corruption, violence, and poverty that causes people to flee their home countries. This I do like. This I do like because this does get at the root causes of I like the idea, mass but again, wouldn't they like reduce it if they could? Like, that, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I think that I think. Listen, you know, it's not all being fully connected, but I'm gonna try and connect it for us here. I think that through the through this money, that is how they're going to help fix it of creating those like social safety nets within these other countries. I'm assuming that that's what this money is going towards. And that is how you can fix mass migration and mass exodus from these other countries. You have to figure out why people are migrating in mass numbers and fleeing these countries. So if you figure that out and you can fix that, 
then you can stop the migration crises that you're constantly seeing at the southern border time and time again. So I do like this. I think that it definitely needs to be fleshed out a bit more. But I, it, like I said, how? Just how? Tell me how. Well, yeah, because be if, more excited. if people's like countries are safer, they're less likely to immigrate over here. So I exactly. mean, I think that I feel like this part of the plan can get bipartisan support. Yeah. It's, yeah. Totally could. But you would. Well, I say that, but then it's like you would think that you would have the same bipartisan support for like birth control because it reduces abortions. But then we're getting into a dicey area. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like it's like the same mentality. It's no, like, like, you, like you would think that there would be, you know, broad support for it because it's going to fix what both sides are saying is an issue, but they're just like, yeah. well, no, we disagree because of how you frame the issue. Well, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like the same argument. It's like, why does it matter how we get there if the end goal is the same? If the end goal is the same, put more cooperation, have bipartisan support for it. Instead of just having these like crazy, just back and forth all the time of just how you're going to, you're trying to accomplish the same goal at the end of the day. Yeah. Just well, work so it with also, This also creates safe and legal channels for people to seek protection, including establishing designated processing centers throughout Central America to okay. register and process displaced persons or for refugee resettlement and other lawful migration avenues, either to the United States or other partner countries, which again, love that. Same goal here, same end, same mm -hmm. end goal. Yeah. Um, it would also... It would also improve the immigration courts and protect vulnerable individuals. And if this, this like part of the plan really supports asylum seekers and other vulnerable populations. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is to counteract the migrant protection protocols that we discussed earlier, the remain in Mexico policy, because mm -hmm. it would eliminate the one year deadline for filing asylum claims and provides funding to reduce asylum application backlogs, increases protections for U visa, T visa, and VAWA. VAWA applicants, yes. including raising the cap on new visas from 10,000 to 30,000. Yeah, and expands protections for foreign nationals assisting U.S. troops, which we really could have used in Afghanistan. Yeah, could have used it. Would have been which, great if this would have been passed already. But here we yes. are. We got we, you know, because why would we be? Why would we be looking at passing this legislation? And I feel like the right side would be in favor of this because they like the right side was in very much support of helping out the people who helped out us in Afghanistan. Yes, yes. So I feel like this could get bipartisan support. This one small At part- At least this provision could get of bipartisan the plan, support. Of the promised plan could get bipartisan support. And that, <laughs> folks, makes me happy because you know what? That does not happen very often. Wow, of Congress course, might actually do something together. <laughs> I, yeah, so that's pretty much Biden's plan. Again, been seven months since it's been introduced to the house i won't blame biden on that part because i mean what can he do he has to submit it to the house and then yeah i mean if it's there you can only do so much with it that is that's on legislators at this point that they should be doing more but you know you know here we are here we are in america in 2021 um but yeah so i guess let's talk about what Biden's done so far. So, so far he's reversed trump's policy of the migrant protection protocols aka the mpp that Trump referred to as the Remain in Mexico policy. Like we said earlier, it's clearly a violation of both US and international law. It puts asylum seekers in further danger while trying to flee their country that they are trying to escape from, um, you know, for personal safety. But 
Here we are. Um, the freeze on green cards has been lifted. The borders remain closed amid COVID-19 surges. And despite promising to lift restrictions in early 2021, Biden has continued to bar non-citizens from entering the U.S. at ports of entry along the Canadian and Mexican borders and extended this ban until October 21st. So will it change in a month? Who knows? I guess we'll see. Um, he has not enforced the public charge rule. There's a 100-day moratorium on deportations. On November 9th, 2018, the Trump administration issued an interim final rule barring from asylum relief those individuals who entered the U.S. through the southern border at a place other than a recognized point of entry, though the Supreme Court enforced the policy in February 2020. Biden's executive order officially ends the policy and orders DHS to unwind the regulations that made the policy operative in the first place. And then there's also the halted operation on the border wall. So kind of where we're at today um yeah that 100 day moratorium oh, was actually that started on his first day in office so a lot of the executive orders that we're seeing like in this what's been done so far happened in like first day of office like literally as you sworn in mm -hmm. and that's important to recognize because like that's all that's been done yeah and then but you also see these like horrible like border snafus it's not even a snafu it's just a horrible, atrocious time. Like the border patrol agents just very recently trying to remove the Haitian immigrants in Texas while they're like trampling over them on horseback and just treating them disgustingly. And it's like, it, something's not clicking here. Like I just got like goosebumps on my arm. Like it's so horrible and it's horrifying to watch. And you know, you see this US Special Envoy for Haiti, Daniel Foote resigning over how this is all gone you know he explicitly says in his resignation letter our policy approach to haiti remains deeply flawed and my recommendations have been ignored and dismissed how are you having a special envoy to this country and you are not even listening to it this is the person that you should be listening to the most this is supposed to be like one of like the resident experts on this country for the u.s and you're not even listening to them on policies and recommendations like you're, you're really government not tax dollars at work our yeah, like you're you are employing this person to be a, you know, per this is your point person. This is your point person. And you don't listen to this point person. What is the point of even having this person in this position? It, 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 I don't even blame this man for resigning. I would too. Here you are, you're trying to work your ass off and you're giving these recommendations. You're giving as many possible opportunities of like hey this is what we should be doing this is what we should be doing i'm trying to help you out man and you know the administration just ignores it that is that's infuriating and then you have this horrible event happen at the border with the haitian immigrants so you know is joe biden's policies that different from donald trump so far in theory yes um in practicality not not a ton if, from what we're seeing, you know, we're still seeing a lot of horrible border issues and immigration issues stemming from lack of legislation coming through. So will we see a difference? I don't know. That's, you know, if Biden follows through on his promise, we will see a difference. But, mm -hmm. the, okay, the one thing I'll give Trump is that if he says he's going to do something, he does it. I can he, really use some of that energy it. from Biden. Like he, he did it. He like Trump said he was going to do it. You better believe he did it. Like mm -hmm. I need that energy from Biden. And even in his most recent speech to the United Nations, he did not really reaffirm 
like United States as a power to no. the entire world. And like, we no. really need that right now. Like I, one of my main things, well, one of my main things or arguments in favor of Biden when like discussing the two administrations, I'd say he's a recognized political like person. He is, he will make us look strong in front of the world. Like he will be mm-hmm. great. And he's a politician. He's not someone coming into politics for the first time and coming into their yeah. own on it. He, Whereas Trump had his own brands and he was different and didn't really go over well in the United Nations. But now we have Biden, like again, lackluster performance there. And we really need to show strength in well, yeah. place and then of you have COVID. Kamala Harris, who's supposed to be the borders are. And what's happening at the border? Nothing, nothing. Yeah, Kamala Harris, where are you? If anything, bad things are happening. Just like what I was just talking about, the Haitian immigrants being rounded up on a horseback. Like, no, it's horrible. It's horrifying. And it's like, yeah, you know, Joe Biden took responsibility for it. And he says, we are getting an investigation. But like, at what point? It shouldn't have happened in the first place, though. That's the whole problem with this. It should not have happened in the first place. And yet you're still having these issues come up. And it's just it's embarrassing for the United States at this point. Like, how are you not being coherent in your immigration policies? How are these horrible events still happening? And how are you letting people like the U.S. Special Envoy for Haiti just resign because literally none of their thoughts and suggestions are being heard in the administration? Well, you know what's funny is like, everyone's like, oh, like Trump reduced immigration. That's what we wanted, blah, blah. Actually, right before a lot of his executive orders went into effect, so many people applied for citizenship and like did ways to get their visas because mm-hmm. they were afraid of like not being able to in the future. Like I read yeah. a story from a woman who lived in Germany with her husband who was born in the United States, but she wasn't a citizen, but you know, she was married to one and they moved to the United States and applied for asylum and a visa or not asylum. They applied for a visa because they were afraid of like all the Trump restrictions. So a lot of so people did there's that. There's an in increase in immigration. Literally, because of his harsh crackdown, everyone's like, oh my God, we need to do this like ASAP before like all this stuff goes down. Whereas so then like, you, have a, you have a mass like income of visa registrations and people wanting to become American citizens. So you're saying that you are going to reduce immigration. First of all, you're creating more immigration. And then second of all, you're creating such a giant backlog because it's not designed to handle this amount of immigration requests coming in all at the same time. And it's like, it, it was like a perfect storm of events. So I feel like kind of bad for Biden. Like not he's got only- a lot to, he's got a lot to catch up on and there's a lot to be seen in this immigration policy going forward. Well, think about it this way, like by, or Trump's been saying, I want to reduce immigrants. I want to reduce immigrants. And he can't really like, just like stop it all together. Boom, yeah. COVID. COVID, he's like, okay, I can stop this all together, which is exactly what everyone wanted. So then he was able to do that. And he mm-hmm. like fit in with his policy. And then Biden takes over and Biden's like, okay, I want immigrants to come in. And then everyone's like, COVID. Like you can't just let everyone in. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, like we can't just let everyone, like all these people in because it's COVID and like, you know, it's bad, but like, how do we improve immigration and policy while protecting the United States from like COVID and Delta variant when it's still so popular? It's just like the perfect storm for Trump to look amazing and great and Biden to look weak and horrible. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, we're definitely going to see that playing out in midterms coming up. I mean, yeah, we're a year out, but it, they're coming up a whole lot quicker than you think. Yeah, so. It, it'll be really interesting. It, it, I'm just, 
I, I'm not going to say that I'm excited to see what this administration does in terms of immigration because I'm not really excited at all because so far it's been a pretty lackluster performance and getting any of these immigration policies performed. But it's going to be very interesting to see how exactly the Biden-Harris administration tries to reform immigration and, you know, put their twist on it. So it's going to it be a time, be that's for sure. nerve-wracking to witness. So mm -hmm. happy Hispanic Heritage Month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Okay. Well, you know, I think that's a great end of pod for this week. <laughs> It was great talking with you, Hunter. And you too, Erica. Thank you all for tuning in for another episode of Hot Girl Briefing. Catch us next week on a Keep It Brief. It will be a Keep It Brief next time. We promise we won't go too long on that one. We know we've been getting a little excited with Keep It Briefs lately. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And also comment on our Instagram at Hot Girl Briefing. All right. Bye. Bye.